0: Welcome to the God's Goodness Podcast, where our mission is to encourage as well as highlight God's goodness and modern-day miracles. We are your hosts, Josh and Shelly Hankins. Today we have with us an amazing person. We know him from church, and you may have seen him if you watch our church lives. He's one of the worship leaders, and his name is Javian Ortega Rodriguez. The Holy Spirit led me to invite him on our, our little podcast. and. We just can't wait to hear what he has to share with his testimony and we're gonna have him open with a little prayer.
1: All right. Well, Father God, we just come before you right now. First and foremost we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come together onto this Holy Spirit led and just so blessed podcast. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we just pray that you will lead this conversation and that I can remember all the stories of your goodness and your grace and yeah, we'll just have a good time and that this can be encouraging to anyone that hears it. And that after hearing this, after hearing my story, after hearing what you've done in my life, that someone else will be comforted knowing that they can do it in theirs as well.
0: Amen. Where would you like to start?
1: I think this is really fitting. I'm really appreciative of this opportunity because, you know, a lot of people only see me and only know me from the stage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? a lot of people in church not everybody but a lot of people in church know my name because i'm up there and then i'm like i don't even know their name cuz it's like i you know it just it's it's not like that and and it can be difficult you know when when someone comes up to me and, and says oh my gosh, I love your singing. You did so amazing. Like, you really blessed me. And I was like, thank you so much. What's your name?
0: I don't know. It's
2: tough um, being a celebrity. Yeah. Okay, I'm not a celebrity.
0: There's a lot of people to get to know. I'm still learning new people two years yeah. in. And we often have to say, what's your name again?
1: Right. And, and you
0: shouldn't feel bad about that.
1: And I'm also like so bad with names too. Like, it's really bad. So like, I'll meet someone and I'll know them. I can still say hi and hold a really good conversation, but I still won't know their name. So I just hope that they don't ask mine so that I don't have to ask for theirs because then that will just be awkward. But anyways, you know, I I don't want to assume what people are thinking, so I won't. I think it can be obviously seeing me on that stage, you don't really see the hurt that I've had to endure. Mm -hmm. Nobody really sees the fear that I've felt. It's not always that I like am just really good at hiding it because I, I haven't always had to do that, but it's really like just, you know, when I get on that stage and when I prepare myself to like lead others into the presence of God uh, along with myself, like like God just moves and, and, and God does something where like I don't have to focus on the pain anymore, but instead I can just focus on praising Him. It's so freeing, but still even even off that stage like there are times when when that pain will come back and that fear will come back and and you know everything yeah just comes back so i wanted to just take this time being on this podcast uh, where i actually do have the time to talk about this stuff where do i start i have no idea i will start at i guess just my testimony so when i was eight years old i That was the first time I really, like, prayed that sinner's prayer to accept Christ into my life. And from that moment on, I never really, like, questioned my salvation. I never really, at that time in my life, from, like, elementary school age up until, like, about middle school. Like, in between that time, I I never really, like, worried, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go to hell if I don't, like, do this or do that or something. Like, I, I never questioned God's love for me or like his care over my life, there were just not, i never really had a lot of doubts about that. But at the same time, like I obviously didn't fully grasp what it meant to have a relationship with God. But even then, you know, I just kept it moving, I guess. But that kind of all changed probably like as soon as the pandemic hit. As soon as that pandemic hit, whew, man, it, uh, mental health just came crashing down for me really, really badly. How so? Well, I started getting a lot more anxious about things and just everything about life. I was going through just a really, really tough time, but it led me to a very, very dark place. Uh, I think this was probably the first time, like around this time, like I'd say like pandemic, something about like, I don't even know how old I am, maybe like 13, 14, maybe. And this was probably like one of the first times in my life, like I ever actually like had suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. and I had these like just massive waves of, of deep, deep depression. Like it was almost like just drowning in these like sad, destructive feelings about myself and a lot of self hatred, self loathing. It was really, really bad. And it was at that time, I really started to question, am I even saved? Like if right now, right here, right now was my last moment. Am I going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me for I never knew you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I going to hear? And, yeah, I was very quick to listen to the lies of the enemy and very slow to listen to God. Like, almost like like the prodigal son, you know what I mean? Just ran away from my father, but I didn't plan on returning, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I felt like I wasn't worthy enough to return to him. But it's insane in that it was this odd tension, unhealthy tension of like, I don't feel like God wants me, so I don't want to spend time with him. Mm -hmm. But also, if I stop believing in God and completely turn away from my faith, I know that heaven will not be for me, you know what I mean, if I die. So really at the root of it was I was scared to
2: die because I just was scared that I was just hellbound. You know what I mean? And how did that play in with the suicidal ideations? Yeah, it's funny,
1: right? It's like I was so stressed and felt so much pressure and and just all these voices in, in my head and a lot of things just weighing on me that like I just wanted it all to end. But I knew that suicide, there was no turning back from that. I mean that that is something that you can't turn back from. So it's like, why would I want to end my life, take my own life if I knew where that was leading me? And I was scared of going there mm-hmm. of ending up there for eternity. Mm-hmm. That is how messed up my brain and mental health was was that I wanted to end it all, but I was also didn't want to end it all, and it was just like just a roller coaster of emotions. And uh, I know for a fact that there was probably not a single person who saw that when they saw me singing up on that stage. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, I I guess I did do a pretty good job of of just keeping it to myself. But that was a problem, too, is that I just kept stuff to myself. And I didn't really want to believe that, like, anyone really understood what I was going through. And, oh, my gosh, perfect segue, Uh Like the reason I really didn't prioritize my relationship with God at that time was because I felt alone in my struggles. Mm. I was like, there is no way that an all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect God can understand the struggles and suffering of a teenager. Now, obviously, that goes to show you that I didn't really read my Bible as much as I probably should have, because if I did, I would have probably saw Isaiah 53 or Jesus' prayer right before he gets arrested. You know what I'm saying? I would have actually known that he fully understands. But we're not there yet, all right? In this (laughs) time right now, I didn't do none of that. I was just fully banked on this lie that Jesus didn't understand me, didn't understand my struggles, so why be in relationship with him? but for some reason I would, I would still pray. I would still kind of read my Bible here and there, but I know that it was never rooted out of like wanting that relationship. It was rooted out of, if I don't do this, I'm going to go to hell. You know what I mean? So it felt like a chore. You know what I mean? It felt like just, if I don't do this, I'm screwed. And like, Mark a pain of threat, do this or else. Yes, exactly. Like do this or else. And that was like the mindset I had with reading my Bible with, praying to god like it just yeah it was really bad and um i think the the thing that changed that was meeting other people that understood what i was going through
2: where did you meet these people
1: i met them at a worship camp hold up shout out ywam boston okay shout out boston worship (laughs) intensive 2021 baby you know how we do it okay no I don't that's great I'm getting a clue though I'm getting a clue Well, (laughs) (laughs) well anyways it was probably and no shade to Joshua generation okay but BWI was the best summer camp I ever went to in my like entire life yeah just to do a little little summary I was like one of the youngest people there everyone else was like either like 18 or like 20 30 something and I was like only like 15 or 16 at the time, but basically you go there, you learn about worship, you learn how to lead worship, which really prepared me well for like how I would lead worship after here. And then during the whole time, you are paired with a songwriting group and you have to write a worship song and you will lead it by the end of the camp. And so it was really, really awesome. And throughout our, like our time there, we would have these moments where we'd meet just in this like quiet space with all of these instruments. So I guess it wouldn't be the most quiet space, But it was, it was very mellow and there was just this one night and like, it was, it was so random, but that's something else I was going through as well. was like, I would just like get in these random, like just stages of just like feeling so hopeless and like depressed. Like, I'll just be like, Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then for a minute, I'll just be sitting here like dead silent in a dark room, listening to like depressing music and just be like. I don't deserve to live. And it's just, it's so, uh, it's so bad. It was so bad. But
0: sounds like a roller coaster ride.
1: Yes, that is exactly how I would describe guy. it. No, not the fun <laughs> kind at all. Not one bit. And so luckily I had friends, I had really good friends who were able to be like, Hey, what's going on, man. And, uh, I had some other friends who just happened to be eavesdropping when I finally decided to open up myself and just, or just open myself up and just be like, well, I'm basically feeling all this and this and this and this and that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And mm. we were just like, let's just go into this room and let's just worship, you know what I mean? And so that's what we did. Like I just sat there still crying with tears in my eyes and everybody's worshiping around me. And then as we keep on singing, more and more people are, are, are coming into the room and like like just next thing you know, like, it, like I'm just, I'm sitting like against the wall, just watching all these people crying and and worshiping and on their knees and on the floor and and jumping around. And I'm just like, oh, like something really clicked. Mm -hmm. And I felt like just the Holy Spirit. I like I just felt Jesus like right there in front of me saying like, Javian like, this is what you've been looking for. You know what I mean? You have been feeling alone. You've been looking for a home. You've been looking for people that understand what you're going through. And so, like, it's just so beautiful how God can work sometimes. Because, like, God could have just, like, shown me the scriptures of him, like, understanding my suffering. Mm -hmm. But instead, he decided to show me that he understood through other people.
2: Mm -hmm. Isn't God great? Yeah. Right? So he chooses not the expectation but what you need, Mm -hmm. right? He doesn't just lean into what you think you need. He leans into what you actually need. And it really speaks to our hearts when he speaks to us. Because everyone that suffers, everyone that has an encounter or an experience with Jesus, it's different, right? But it's real and it's authentic. And it's just so amazing. I love that you confessed your sin to one another and you put light on it where the darkness could not stand anymore. And that's when you felt the presence of Jesus telling you that this is where you needed to be was after you had the boldness to admit the frailty that you were undergoing and that in that moment you began to see the light that you began to have the darkness be chased away by the light of god as as it was kindling a fire within you that's always been there right and i just love that like that is so profound to me that i just i like i want other people to hear that right i want other people to know that confessing your sin to one another isn't absolving you of any guilt or wrongdoing. Jesus already paid that price, right? But it does put a light on it and it causes the enemy to shrink in fear from that light because he is not a big fan of the holy light cast by God. Not a big fan at all. And I don't blame him. I, I'd be scared too if I was still living in in my unrighteousness without Jesus, right? And that's not something I'd want to be in front of. And so I'm very grateful that you experienced that and that you shared that exact part with it because that really spoke to me. And I know it will speak to other people because I know that you're not the only one that had that mental health issue in that respect. Like I know of a lot of people that have had suicidal ideations. I mean, a lot. I know you're not alone. I know the enemy loves to seek to make us feel isolated and alone and attack us in those moments. He just loves it. And he doesn't love it because he wants to hurt you. The enemy doesn't care about you. He does it because he knows it hurts God. And that's the only way he can hurt God. It's the only way, like a little kid that takes away a toy from someone else, because it's the only way to, to to really hurt God is to take away one of His chosen, beautiful children. And I, I can relate to that having children myself. Like I would be distraught if someone just sought to kill them, or sought to destroy them, or st- sought to steal them, right? And that's what the enemy does. Is he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. Go on. No, yeah, no. Thank you. No,
1: that was I. That was good. Yeah, I hope people are listening, man, because that was that was real good stuff. That was real. And so in this moment, in this room with everybody worshiping, he's like, basically like what I was hearing him say was like, like, Jay, like look around you. Like this is what you've been looking for. This, This is what happens when you decide to turn to me instead of away from me. And I'm saying you get set free. You get set free from that from the suicidal thoughts. You get set free from the depression. You get set free from the anxiety. And even if you still go on life, like still those thoughts pop up here and there, ultimately, like when you turn to me, you get set free from the power that it has over you. You can either decide to dwell on those thoughts and drown in it, or you can take my hand, right? You can take my hand. Well, that's what he was saying to me, and honestly, that's what that's what God is saying to anybody who is just like struggling with their mental health and really drowning in whatever it is, whether it be depression or shame or guilt. He's saying like, it is your choice. You can believe the lies of the enemy. You can choose to to reach out your hand and trust that, that I will take it because he will because mm-hmm. that's what he did for me. And uh, yeah, to anybody listening, that's what he can do for you.
0: That is the point of taking your thoughts captive. You have to discern whether they're from God or the enemy. And if they're not from the enemy, you speak truth into that. Yeah. And say, that is not for me. That is a lie.
2: Mm-hmm. And if it is from God, you receive that truth. Yeah. Right? Either speak the truth to God or receive the truth from God. Yeah.
1: Actually, really segues into another thing I wanted to talk about. It is not always easy to receive that truth. After that night, after that whole camp, actually, just realizing that I wasn't alone and realizing that if I was really going to be free from this, that I needed to turn to Jesus and understand that like, he's going to get me through it. I decided that night to rededicate my life Mm -hmm. to Jesus. And so, yeah, I always remember that. That's just, that's really my testimony. You know, I I don't have that, that testimony of like, man, I was, I was doing this and this and I was, I was knee deep in this and then, and God turned me around. Like, like that's not really my story. Like my story is, is I, I grew up in the church. You know, I grew up, in the mission field, you know, surrounded by missionaries. And I I grew up understanding, like, you know, knowing who God was. And I was in the beginning stages of, like, really getting to know God personally. But this was, like, really the moment where I decided, like, no, like, the relationship, like, that real, genuine relationship is starting, like, tonight. And so, but still, that didn't really stop the detrimental thoughts from popping in. That didn't really stop my struggle in sin, but it just... I knew that God was still working, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That God was still shaping me, you know? Like, I knew, like... I mean, I guess that's what I've been struggling with is, like, I, I thought that, like, you know, everything would be fixed overnight or, like, soon. But I've had to learn over the years continually, I'm still learning right now, is that, like, that's not really how God works, is that, like, He while he is capable of it, more often than not, he's not gonna solve these issues that you have overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's gonna walk with you through them. I think, uh, what, what's uh, like, I mean, I even think of like Moses, you know what I mean? And the Red Sea. God didn't completely evaporate the sea, he split the sea, you know what I mean? And so sometimes, like, the problems don't just go away, the problems are something that we need to get through.
0: And God makes a way.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. And so we just have to
2: trust that. But it's not easy to trust.
0: But we'll like just... a muscle, you know, the more you trust, the easier it gets.
2: Yeah. yeah. So that's encouragement for you because I know that you're a young man. Even though you're strong in the Lord now, you've had doubt raising up through the ranks of that yeah. until you had a real experience with Jesus at this camp. Yeah. You know, give him a shout out. Shout out BWI, Boston Worship Intensive. You know what I'm saying? Holy Spirit moving. Turn up. Sorry. And No, no, that's good. And, <laughs> and as a result, you are defining your characteristics through Christ at this moment. You're defining the kind of... And everybody still struggles with sin. And the fact that you struggle is proof that the Holy Spirit is with you. Because the Holy Spirit and the flesh, they war with each other constantly. Yeah. And if you didn't have that struggle, that would be a concerning right? If you didn't struggle with sin, then there'd be like, well, then the Holy Spirit's not with me. Did I really accept Jesus? Right. Right? And the fact that you have conviction, the fact that you have turmoil, the fact that you have chaos now, when you do something you ought not, that is proof that Jesus is working in your life because Mm -hmm. he wants to correct that activity because he wants Mm -hmm. to hone you into the man of God. And you need to go through a certain path that he has laid before you so that you can have this story right now To share with people so that tomorrow you have another story to share with people and another one because he needs you in that moment to have that story that he's prepared you for by allowing you to go through some of the valleys that you've gone through by not just plucking you out now if it serves no purpose to have you go in it he probably will pluck you out and give you that instant healing give you that instant relief give you this but some of us, we just suffer through and then we get healed. And some of us, we suffer through and we never get healed because he knows we're strong enough to continue and to praise him despite it. And he uses every one of us to his good, right? He uses every one of us to bring him glory, which is what we should want too, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to bring God glory. How can I bring God glory today? It's like, well, I'm I'm a miserable person. So God, how can you use me? Mm-hmm to bring you glory. And like, I'm, I'm set. And then he'll tell us, he will be like, well, no Lord, that, that doesn't sound like me. Yeah. Right. And that's up to us to even receive how he wants it. Right. Cause sometimes we still get pretty right. petty on that. We're like, well, well I'll do that, but not, not with that person. Oh, or i all do I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. But can I do that tomorrow? Cause, Cause like, I'm not really feeling it today. Yeah. Right. And God's like, well, I mean you can wait, but waiting on obedience is, Kind of like disobedience mm. to me, and you know, I'm like, well, yeah. and and you know, you've heard of the five love languages, right? You've heard that book where they get touch, quality time, acts of, and well, God's love language is all of those and none of those because His love language primarily is is obedience. That you show God love through His love language by obeying Him, mm. and it's not because He's cruel or unjust or wants us to be miserable people. He wants us to have fun. He wants us to live the life that He has given us. This is a gift but because he knows that by not listening, we get hurt, right? He knows that, hey, we got the 10 commandments. This is the moral law. This is the basic things you need to do to be a, a normal human being that is good to each other, right? This is what you need to do. Not because I don't want you to have fun, not because I don't want you to to do this, but because if you break these laws, you're also hurting you. It breaks my heart that you hurt each other. Mm. And I think we need to keep that in perspective that God loves us so much, that he doesn't want us to hurt each other. And that's why he doesn't give this, like, this instant, like, well, like, when I became a Christian, I was like, well, here he is. I want to be the guy with a little sweater vest and a tie. And my head cocked to the side with the Bible in my arms going door to door. Do, do, do. Hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? Right. Never happened. Mm-hmm. Like the next day I was still me. I was like, well, what? I was like, it didn't take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then I did something dumb that day. I sinned. I don't know what it was. It could have been pornography. It could have been something, right. I did something uncharacteristic of a child of God. And I felt convicted. I was like, oh, what's this? Never felt that before. So now I got turmoil, right? Because now my, my, my everything's not the way it was and not the way I expected it to be. And God's like, I got you, don't worry. And here I am like 17 years down the line and I'm a lot better honed, but I'm still a miserable person without him.
1: Yeah, I think like what I struggled with the most, like really receiving the, the truth that I really struggled to receive was his grace. Hmm. But it's funny, because, like, man, I can give grace to people. At least I, I, I feel as though I can. I feel as though it's easy for me to, to give grace to other people. It's easy for me to, like, understand why someone did what they did, like like someone else, and, like, be like, yeah, it's, it's all good. No worries, yada, yada, yada. Like, I'll get over it. But the person that I can't give grace to ever is myself. Mm-hmm and i think that's that's really what can sprout like the these like detrimental thoughts and like of just self-hatred and self-loathing is like just being like dang like messed up again and like oh my gosh i'm i'm a horrible christian i'm a horrible person and and all these things and yada 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 and it's like but once i really understood more about jesus and like got to know him more and, like, spent time in His Word, like, well, it's like I got to understand His grace more, but it was still hard to, like, receive, like, accept the truth of His grace still. Like, I understood, okay, there's nothing that I can do in my own strength to receive His love, to receive His grace, to receive His forgiveness. While it is beneficial, me asking for His forgiveness is not going to get me His forgiveness. Like, He's already forgiven me of yes. everything that I've already yes. done. And it's like, you know, asking for God's forgiveness, like it's not what's going to get you this forgiveness, but it, it can be beneficial because it can really show that like you are
2: remorseful for what you've done. But, and that you're aware that what you've done right, is aware. something that requires forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. You know, the ever present need of Jesus. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, again, I understand that like, you know, like my salvation is only secured through my belief. Mm -hmm. And I understand that even the faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. You know, so it's it's not even the amount of faith that I have. It's do I believe Mm -hmm. that Jesus came here as a man, lived a perfect life, and died for my sins on that cross, rose up three days later, and in doing so defeated the power of sin and death, and Mm -hmm. has given me the free gift of eternal life. You know what I mean? And... That I, and I'm saved through His grace and His grace alone. Absolutely. And so, like, I learned that. I understood it. I received it. It's, it began to really transform me. But, man, like, that battle of, of just accepting that truth and or accepting the lie, like, still was going on mm-hmm. in me. And I'm going to be totally honest. It is still a battle that's going on right now. It is something that I, I still struggle with. To this day, I would say I want to be like Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, so badly. And it's like not so that I can be like, hey, look at me, I'm like Jesus, yada, yada, yada. But I know that me being like Jesus draws others to him, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I I can't have my friends and my family like go to hell, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I don't want that to be their eternity, I don't want that, I can't get with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's just, it's a really big struggle. It's a lot of pressure
2: you're putting on yourself to to want to be like Jesus so much that you want people to see him in you that it's almost like you're trying to be Jesus for them. And, And I'm not saying you're trying to mock him, but it's like, you feel like you need to take on that role. And that's a role that God is very good at doing himself, yeah. right? But there's nothing wrong with wanting to to esteem Jesus, to love Jesus, to want to be like Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that, to want to be the light of the world to somebody, because like the moon reflects the sun, right? And that we want to reflect Jesus so that we can light up the dark for somebody because they see Jesus in us. There's nothing right. wrong with that, right? But sometimes it can consume us with this burden that makes us feel like it's on us, that if, it, if I don't act perfect, then this person's not going to go to Jesus, and that's that's a heavy burden to put on yourself. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard of Alistair Begg? He's a pastor. He's on, on 101.5 sometimes in the morning. Yeah. Uh, he's Scottish. But he was—he told the story, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't know it verbatim. And he was talking about the three men on the cross, Jesus and the two thieves. Mm-hmm. And when the thief died, the one that accepted Christ, who moments before was mocking him, yeah. right? And he was before the the pearly gates. And, you know, we this isn't really how it is, but it's just a story. And the angel that's in charge is like, hey, you know, what are you doing here? He's like, I don't don't know. And he said, well, do do you have the doctrine of faith? I'm like, I don't know what that is. Have you been baptized? I don't know what that is. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Because he didn't get to have that, that, these questions. Yeah. And so he's like bringing this head angel over. And it's like, what's going on? He's like, well, this guy wants in. He's here and he's got no qualifications. And he said, well, why are you here? And he says, well, the guy in the middle cross, the man on the middle cross said I could come. And that's the only qualification we need is the man on the middle cross said I can come. Mm. And I think that's something we need to remember that it's nothing that we can do But everything that he has done, that he said, I can come. And there's nobody can take that away from us. There's nobody that can stand between us and him at all. He says so in his word, that he who was in my hand will never be plucked from it, right? Sure, God himself could flick us out of it, but he won't. He will never do that because he's a loving God. And so many Christians have misinterpreted through their own belief system, through their own worldview they've misrepresented rather they've misrepresented God in such a way that there are so many people out there that are mad at God or don't want anything to do with him because of Christians. Right. And I like try to remind people like, man, that's us. We did that. That's not him. Yeah. He's he didn't do any of that. We, uh, these people didn't understand and they loved you and they didn't want you to go to hell. So they told you something and they didn't really express the love of God that just by choosing him, because he's already chose you, right? Just by choosing him, you are now qualified. You are now redeemed. You are now wearing a cloak of righteousness. You are now adopted as a son or a daughter of Christ, right? Of the King, of God Almighty. Yeah. And his manifold wisdom is going to be made manifest in us. And all we have to do is ask for it. Like this is a great thing. So when you struggle, I would concentrate that the man on the middle cross said I could come, right? I'm not worthy, but I don't have to be because someone who is worthy paid it for me. And so the man on the middle cross said, I can be here. What else do I have to do? Nothing. What can I do? Nothing. How can I impress God with the gifts he's given me? Right? That's silly. That's like, I give my son a gift and he's like, look what I can do. like, I know I gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's, it's the gift I gave you. And so a lot of us, we get enamored by the gifts of God and we forget to hold him up and we forget to give him glory and remind people that by his grace, I am saved. By his choosing, I am saved. By his will, I am saved. By his love, I am saved. There is no path I can take except believing in Christ. Mm. I know a lot of people, especially in the holidays, suffer with mental health, and it's a very real struggle for people. I respond, EMT, I respond to emergencies for mental health. And I know that a lot of them I've been in the back of the truck with have a fundamental belief of Jesus, and yet here they are in the back of an ambulance with a mental health breakdown, right? Because we're not alone. Yeah. And the enemy would like us to think that. And I'm so very grateful that you shared your story. I'm so very grateful that you've had the experiences that you've had. And I'm so very grateful that you know who we are now. And so we're not just some random yeah. people like, hey, it's J- it's Javian. he's on stage. Woo, let's worship with him, right? We're not just like some nameless face that afterwards, like, hey, let's go get a cookie. And you're like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Man, like,
1: I I hope that people will listen to this and... Yeah. Honestly, just to anyone who listen, if, if, if you come to South Hills, like I would just hope, you know, now, like when I'm on that stage, it is not about me and it is never, not even for a moment about me.
2: Mm. And it's it just is. as much for you as it is for everyone else. Yeah. Right. That and worship like isn't that just stage, you projecting, but it's, you need it as well. Yeah.
1: And like that stage, it doesn't make me any different from the person off the stage. At least that's that's what I believe. Cause worship is more than just a song. And that's what hey, hold on, hold on. One more shout out for the one time. Hold on. Boston worship intensive. See, this is what I learned here. That worship is a lifestyle. Yes. And that's what it is. And so it's whatever you do in your life, whether it's it's sweeping up the floors like I had to do this morning at my job. Or whether it's like just I don't know, like going and getting lunch with someone or, or I guess like doing homework, I guess. Or like just memorizing lines for like a musical or like that. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like whatever it is, like like just do it onto the Lord and, and that is worship. That is, is really dedicating it to Him. And so that's why I feel like when, when I'm on that stage, like like there's nothing special about me. You know what I'm saying? Because anybody can worship for real. And it's just like, I've just, I guess I've, I've just been, been called to be like a little guide just like hey guys right through this door this is the presence of god right over here okay right over here we all gonna go in here all right yep right there right there yep yep you too oh no nope, not that door nope this one all right and so like that like that's that's really all it is and, and i mean honestly like of course I'm, I'm honored to have that responsibility i don't like just not take it seriously i just hope people don't think like Oh my gosh, Jamie. And it's like, wow, what is amazing, man of God. And I'm like, honey, like, not really. Okay? Like, I'm very much working on it. Okay. Like, I am 17 years old. I haven't even graduated high school yet. I don't know nothing, bro. All that I know is that I'm not alone in my struggles. Is that every single day I need God and that I just cannot do this life without Him. And every single day I'm just
2: trying to be more like Him. Can I share something with you? Yes. Earlier you said that you felt that you had to emulate Christ in such a way to shine Christ's love, light, and grace, mercy on those around you so they would come to know Christ, and that it was a heavy burden. Have you thought of the analogy you just told us that like a tour guide, like right this way, you know, right this way. No, no, not over there, honey. Over here. This is this Jesus over here that your role is to help arrange the meeting, but you can't make them go through the door. Right. And they're like, could you, could you use that as a way to, yes. Could (laughs) you, could you, (laughs) could you use that as a way to help unburden yourself from the weight of that responsibility that it is not up to you to push them through the door. It's not up to you to put the carrot in front of their nose. It's not up to you to sell God, right? Mm-hmm. That for you to just act the way Jesus has manifested in you and point the way to Christ so that he can do his job, which is a glorious burden of converting people like he casts us to make disciples of all nations, not, not convert all nations. Right. So we need to, to learn and grow with each other. And, and, and like, so if I'm discipling you and I come across a question, you come like, I, I don't know it either. So we'll go open the Bible together and learn it together. And if we can't, we'll go to someone who's a little bit smarter. Like, hey, Pastor Pete, we gotta, <laughs> we're, we're kind of <laughs> we knuckleheads know, here. We need some help. So I would encourage you to treat yourself as that tour guide that you represent yourself to be on the worship team right? To say, I'm going to point you to Christ, but it's up to you to worship. It's up to you to give them your life. It's up to you to walk to the door. It's up to you to start that conversation. That it's not up to you to, to do that for them. You just point the light. you're like, i would be like, you're, you're a very animated young man. You are a very positive young man, despite the mental health issues that you face chronically, that maybe you're a neon sign for Christ right? Mm-hmm. You're like, so like right over here. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. And I'm going to paint the prettiest neon sign you're ever going to see because I really want this for you. I really want to make him look attractive to you, but I still can't make you have that conversation with him. Only you can do that. Yeah. Right. And so I would encourage you to continue the path that you're taking, but try to unburden yourself by telling yourself, I'm just a tour guide. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't save you.
0: Like with Nathan, you know, we tell him that we can't get you into heaven. Only you and your relationship with Jesus is going to get you there. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't do it for you. You can't go on into heaven with dad's faith or mom's faith. You have to have it yourself so you can guide them in the way they should go. But like a horse at the water, you can't make them drink it, but you can feed them pretzels, salty pretzels.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I understand through my son that it's a deep desire. That, that you absolutely want them to follow this path. You absolutely yeah. want them to take a relationship with Jesus. And it would absolutely break your heart if they don't. But that's not on you, right? God calls you to be that person, that intercessor, to be that that person that points the way, that tour guides them, that leads them in worship. He doesn't call you to take them by the hand and drag them before the throne, yeah. right? And, yeah. and unburden yourself from that because you're only going to get hemmed up and hurting yourself and your walk will be slower if you think that you have to save everyone, knowing full well that you can't save anyone, right? It's like the Spider-Man movies, like, Oh, I can't save them all. We'll just save one. You can't even save one. No. Right. But you can tell everyone the truth about Jesus. You can set the record straight about the character of God, that people are wrong, that you don't know who my God is. If this is what you believe about him and let me share you, uh, with you who this God is that right. I, that I follow this God who I've given my life to, because he is not a slave Lord. He is not an overbearing tyrant, but he is a loving God that has my best interest at heart. And yeah. he will use me even if it hurts so that I can bring you to his throne. Thank you, Josh.
0: You're welcome. And thank man. you, Shelley. Thank you for being with us. <laughs>
1: of course. Yeah. Well, I guess in this moment, I just want to speak to people that are listening I just want to say, I hope you know that you are never alone. Mm-mm. There are people all across the world, and even right next to you, even in that, you know, whatever church pew you're sitting in, the person right next to you probably understands to some extent what you're going to, if not even maybe even exactly. And even if there's no one around you who understands, I hope you know that Jesus more than anyone understands. He understands the suffering. He understands the pain. He understands the humiliation, the stress, the pressure. I mean, this man was literally sent to earth to take on the punishment for every single person's sin. Every single person who existed at that time, who exists now, and who forever will exist even after us. And we're talking past, present, future sin. He took it all. So, like, who more then him understands suffering and pain and agony and torture and and that desire to just end it all, you know what I mean? To just Mm -hmm. not take on this cup of suffering. And not only that, like, he created you, you know? So how much more would your creator know who you are? So I just pray that you'll be encouraged in that and just understand, too, um, that God is not afraid of your questions or your doubts. He wants your doubts, he wants your questions because those are open doors to a strengthening of faith. When you decide to choose God in the midst of your doubt and your questioning, when you decide to choose God and choose to ask him about it, that's when he will reveal it to you, you know? And honestly, Tough thing is there are gonna be things in life that we will never understand. There's gonna be things about God and just the world around us that we're never gonna know. So really the choice is up to you. Mm. Are you gonna trust that even if you never know that God is still good and and God is still who he says he is and that what he did is enough for you to be with him for eternity and it's enough for, for you to be fulfilled here on this earth or will you choose your sin? And um, that just won't be great, trust me. (laughs) To every person hearing this, God bless you. Jesus loves you, so that means I love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Javian.
0: Thank you so much for being with us. And if this podcast episode has blessed you, we ask that you just pass it along to somebody that it can be an encouragement to. You know, if somebody came to your mind, you know, it's just the Holy Spirit leading you to that, that passing it on. So... (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like to also wrap this up with, we have a fundraising account in GiveSendGo.com. So if you'd like to donate to our little ministry and help us pay for the expenses of the audio editing, that would be a blessing. And you just look up God's Goodness Podcast and you'll find us. And thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.
1: Yeah. Peace out.